0: Thank you for tuning in, I'm your host Tommy Bowles And I'm your other way cooler host, Matt And you are listening to the best show on the internet Your home for entertainment, education, and best of all, honest music reviews for basically the best thing ever because you are listening to Just The Basics. Side B of the flip side, talking about Childish Gambino's album Three Fifteen Twenty, or as the uh, the other name for it is Donald Glover presents. Perfection. What he's presenting, I don't know, but he's perfection. presenting something. Perfection. Yeah, perfection. <laughs> <laughs> that basically covers it. I, if you like our intro music and you want to be featured, that was Jeremy Olja playing. He did a great job on that. If you want to be featured, go to com slash submissions and go ahead and follow the instructions there, and we can have your music featured on our show. So let's play go ahead well, and get play hard. Yeah, play really well, because otherwise, sorry, you're out.
1: <laughs> I'll show you what. I'll record again. I'll play even harder.
0: Yeah, right. More distortion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh well, let's go ahead and get started this we're gonna break it down song by song for you the first song is titled 0.00 which it's i guess yeah i guess it's just a good phrase for intro Start it's with certainly the zero better than intro
1: like every album ever yeah or the first intro track is just called intro
0: or prelude
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah uh, i i don't think we talked about it in side a but the all the tracks well most of the tracks on here are titled based on their um sound sa- sound what what sound stamps uh their time stamp mm-hmm. and then there's a couple that are more of singles that were uh separated and given names for no discernible reason we do have the names of all of the tracks because some of them were in the metadata of the website and people that are smarter than me figure that out that's probably not difficult to figure out though and um or to be smarter smarter than you then a couple of them are just uh yeah probably smarter than me most (laughs) nerds are and uh (laughs) then a couple of these are very obvious what you would title them. I don't think any of them are really that cryptic in what the real name is. It's more cryptic to have them as the timestamps. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of annoying when you're looking for which one you really want to hear. But I've listened to this album so many times, I know exactly which ones I want when I want them.
0: <laughs> yeah. So this song, Matt, the, when this started, I thought my speakers screwed up. Or that the the computer was not playing it right because it starts out with that like just a solid tone beep and then it cuts off before the uh, the music actually starts.
1: I never thought of that, and that makes so much sense.
0: <laughs> I legitimately thought my system was broken. I was so I was like, "What is going on?" So I restarted it probably four or five times before I realized that it was actually working and it was actually playing, and that it wasn't screwed up at all.
1: Yeah, because. It- it is a very uh, bit crushed m- intro.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just like a just like a it sounds kind of like a dial tone,
1: just mm-hmm. uh, just
0: a straight tone. I think which, that's
1: exactly what it is. It's a dial tone effect.
0: Yeah, which is not a bad thing. You know, it just yeah. threw me off at first. I was like, "What on earth is going on?" And because I was listening to it on the Xbox, I had a set of headphones plugged into my controller while I was playing. Some uh NBA two K. And I was like, what is oh. going on with
1: this? Like, I don't play sports games, but that's a good matchup for this album.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Granted, um, I'd
1: match up this album with pretty much anything, and I have.
0: You yeah, you probably would. <laughs> I've
1: been so, playing it with Rocket League, I've played it with Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we don't really have much to say
0: about the actual music of the intro.
1: Well, I I love it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I all i have for the notes is that it's a haunting soundscape mm-hmm. it really sets a bit of a tone it kind of establishes that it's not going to have conventional sounds like the vocals are um heavily distorted with these electronic effects there's a uh, a lot of delay effects it's coming right out of the gate saying this isn't uh your taylor swift album or anything like that sorry taylor swift but um Or like a country album or anything like that It's going to use A lot of the heavier effects That are in pop So It comes out with with that And the gate there's no percussion It's kind of just Like you're flying in the air With Childish Gambino As he says we are we are We are what I don't know Donald Glover Presents I don't know He likes to not finish phrases
0: Yeah, (laughs) I was kind of confused after he actually started. I was like, what are we? You never really said.
1: I'm going to make a wild guess that it's supposed to be we are the algorithm. That would be my guess. That's that's what I would assume. But yeah.
0: So perfect segue into track two, the algorithm. Yes. So I didn't understand the song the first time I listened to it. It sounds Mm -hmm. awesome. Oh, yeah. Like, the effects that are used, the soundscape, I really like the sound of it. The first time I listened to it, though, I was like, what is he talking about? Like, cause he, like he made the reference to, uh, to Moses, and then he made the reference to eating the apple, talking about Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. I was like, what on earth? I was so confused. I still don't really know what he was talking about. It just sounded like some sort of Matrix thing, like... Uh-huh. Just run by some sort of computer conspiracy theory thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> or the government's it. in charge. Something like that.
1: <laughs> no, you I mean you hit the nail on the head. It's that's exactly what it is. All the sounds in the background have this mechanical computerized effect to them. The groove is based in that, like mechanical industrial uh beat with the uh, hip hop. There's a lot of effects on, on the voices in this too. There's some clean in the uh-huh. um Uh, in the chorus and yeah there's like a lot of uh, poetic approaches to the concept but algorithm is exactly what it is uh, and it doesn't translate in this because it's we're saying the word algorithm is spelled like rhythm as a musical rhythm and then algorithm so it's a pun but um,
0: oh oh my gosh I didn't get that Oh my
1: God. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like in the chorus, he says, please don't lose the tempo algorithm. It's talking about how society is brainlessly corrupted into said algorithm and that we're like, all moving to the beat of wow. somebody else. And so there's all the, the poetic stuff in the, in the, um, the, the drop into those hot, hot lines of the, Rapper, I don't remember that name. I actually had, didn't really look at those at all. So sorry, but you are awesome. And, um, there's a, it's very catchy for something that sounds so weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, that's just one thing uh, over all over this album is despite those textures, it's doggone catchy. Like we said in the last episode, the, there's like, there's Coltrane in here with how dense it gets and how harsh some of these textures are, yet they work. And at the same time, it's doggone catchy. I'm hearing this song in my head as we speak. I can hear uh, different parts of it and it sounds so nice. And, um, it is, uh, definitely a song that you could dance to. If you could dance, we don't really dance and that's okay, but it's a groovy tune.
0: Yeah, definitely a good tune. I feel like this is the case of the whole album, though. It's not something that you can listen to once and be satisfied.
1: No, I, I actually didn't really like the song the very first time that I heard right. it because I didn't pay close enough attention. And then the next to, the second time that I heard it, I fell in love with it.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree. Like the first time you listen through, it's just kind of just because the lyrics and the, the poeticism of it is so far fetched not really far fetched, but just it's so not normal. That Mm -hmm. I feel like you just, no matter how hard you try, the first time you listen to it, you're not going to appreciate it like you will after two, three, four lessons in.
1: I was just caught off guard at this point and Mm -hmm. hadn't really necessarily been won over. It's not that I didn't like it. It's that I didn't know what to expect and it, that, this is what was coming at me. I really only knew Redbone and This Is America before I'd heard this album. Now I've mm-hmm. gone back and listened to a lot of it. So now I have a bit more of a context of his style of music to understand that he's not a rapper, that he he was a little and then he completely changed his sound to something that really hasn't been done that much. And this... uh is just, it, it gets you by surprise completely. <laughs> you don't really expect it when it starts, especially with the, uh, the intro. Like, this isn't really what you thought you'd hear. You more have thought it might be like a eight bit techno kind of an album. And then suddenly, Oh, no, this is different. Um, the rapper sounds like a robot on purpose. And the, uh, the beat is very groovy and funky and all these things you, Expected soundscape and nope. You got yeah people talking about the government.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the political protest albums are back finally after what forty years since they were popular. Yeah, I think it was the seventies. No, fifty years. I think it was the seventies when those were sixties and seventies when those were really popular.
1: Yeah, that's true. I think it's been here and there by random people, but I'd say this is definitely high in the. Uh, the public eye. Definitely. And, um, it has a good message. Like, I think there's definitely a lot of music out there that is anti, uh, politics. And well, this is political, but you know what I mean? Anti government. And, Where? um anti whatever they're up to and all this stuff but but it's normally like a
0: grunge or metal sort of thing that is not right or
1: a really dirty rap kind of a sound or something like that whereas this is more so uh it's a sound of the future the the messages make sense all, all this stuff that makes it much more of like a protest album than right you may have expected although this is america was definitely a protest so i don't know why we wouldn't expect it
0: <laughs> yeah i don't think anybody should have been surprised by that but hey so yeah uh, algorithm really good song next song here was time featuring uh, ariana grande ariana grande i like this one a lot
1: i love it i sing it to myself I tried to get my wife to uh, cover it with me. She will eventually because she asks every single weekend, can we Can we do a cover, can we? And I keep on suggesting this song, but she hasn't learned the words yet. But it'll, yeah. it'll be on Instagram at some point when uh, she's convinced to learn that part because, oh, it just sounds so good.
0: I think that he did a really good job of mixing. So the, the instrumentation from it, I think, fits the... The title "Time" really well, yeah. because the guitars sound like they're from an older era, mm-hmm. mixed with the synth bass from like a real modern sound. I do have a complaint about that synth bass though; it mm-hmm. is so unoriginal. That bass mm-hmm. line is like the most generic synth bass line. Ba ba da da Like, really, but it fit the song really well.
1: Yeah, I think it more so fit in the the groove, and there was a lot going on too. Mm-hmm. so if if you didn't have some like the guitar part is super simple it's um uh, a c going to a b flat going back to a c going back to a b flat uh pretty much the whole time and uh i i know that because i i figured it out i'm not a perfect pitch person i'm not being a douche um <laughs> i just learned it because i loved it it sounds so cool um even <laughs> though it's so simple and i knew i'd be able to and um And then you have the uh, percussion that's all over the place with these different drum machine sounds. You have this uh, 8-bit synth sound. And this is one of those uh, songs in in the album where sounds are going together that you wouldn't expect. Because the guitar is on the clean acoustic end, yet it's being mixed with these heavy synth sounds. Those don't typically go together at all. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's very interesting. Once you think about the facts that, Oh, they, they had to decide to do that. Like, yeah. I think a normal musician would just have had that line as a synth keyboard, but no, this was like an acoustic, clean guitar, like mild chorus effects. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then, uh, Oh, uh, also good on Ariana Grande for not totally showing off. The vocals that we already know that she has, and just doing a doggone good job.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's incredible. She fit perfectly with this. And this, so one thing I thought was interesting about this song, and it resonates for the entire album, and honestly for some of his older stuff too, but it's so crazy to me that he can make a song sound so happy and enjoyable until you listen to the lyrics.
1: They really bum me out when you look at what it's saying.
0: Yeah, it's such a sad song. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're talking about running out of time, searching. It sounds like somebody's just searching for something that they can't find, but they might Mm -hmm. be dying soon or, you know, whatever it is. It's just so sad, but it sounds so fun. It's... um, kind of twisted
1: (laughs) yeah it's a big old juxtaposition with these dichotomies Mm -hmm. and oh there's a good couple of songwriting words for you um that uh yeah a lot of this album is very cheerful with a deeply dark underline that you will miss if you're just listening to it for the good sound because this is another one. You most of these you could dance to, but like this is more of a slow dance kind of a thing. Right. Um, it it sounds romantic. It makes you smile, but if you think about those words, like we said, like, it, there's a there's a sense of dread in it, and I think the texture really fits that. Um, last time we were talking about a critic that was uh, putting the themes with the sounds especially the harmonies. And yeah, it's true. This is one of those where it's hiding in there. There's these little things of the tone and uh, the running out of time line that uh, goes through the outro. It does get affected and warped and sounds kind of really desperate. If you uh, listen to it on its own, Instead of with everything else that sounds all happy and cheerful, if you kind of isolate it in your head a little bit, because I don't know how to isolate such things. That, that's for, um, once again, smarter people than me, but. Oh. <laughs> uh, and the way that he, uh, uses vocal effects on, on his own voice. Yeah. It, that, that's what the vocal effects should be instead of last album that we talked about where it's to quote unquote help.
0: Yeah, this is a really good example of how to use vocal effects the right way. And he takes them off, too. Like, it'll be real thick and layered, and then it'll sound just like his straight voice. And it's really cool how he does that. Mm -hmm. It's more so like
1: an instrumentation on his voice instead of a helper or anything like that.
0: Right. I really want to know, and I know that I won't find this out, but I want to know how many tracks were on this song. Like... Was it 100 tracks? Was it 200? Was it 300? I mean, it had to be an insane number.
1: Yeah, some of these have to be Ugh.
0: I would have to assume it was at least 200 tracks, if not more.
1: Who knows? There's a lot in this one. Yeah.
0: Really awesome song, though. That one was definitely worth a listen. The next song is 1238.
1: Secretly called Vibrate.
0: Vibrate. See, I didn't like this one as much.
1: This is one of the weaker-ish ones. I still mm-hmm. love it, but it's, uh, yeah. This one and the next one, I would say, are the uh, the weaker of the, the album, but they're still really good.
0: Yeah, this is where I started to lose a little bit of interest in it. He did get my interest again later, but at this point, I was kind of like, wow. No, I'll admit it did have a good feel to it the drip drop of the water was really cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it fit in really well with the electronic drums and everything. And the the chord progression on it was really sweet.
1: Yeah, this one is uh very 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 funky. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a lot of the uh uh cool funk lines in it. It uses actual 8-bit sounds. Um, a lot of the synth sounds I've been using in my own 8-bit ventures, so I'm very familiar with them, and they are, uh, they really are that. They're not just a keyboard or something. Um. Yeah. Which, I mean, of course, 8-bit sounds are a keyboard, but you get what I mean. It is the correct settings for that kind of a sound, which is really weird when you say, oh, it's an 8-bit song, like, off of an NES, and it's a funk song. What? <laughs> um. <laughs> Lyrically, there is a overload of slang and such. So, if you want to look at it, go right ahead. It's basically just him having uh, drugged up adventures with a lady. Um, yeah, I, that's that's most of what it it's yeah. about.
0: I wrote in my notes that this is a really good song if you don't hear the lyrics. <laughs> I just didn't like the lyrics on the song. I don't know.
1: They paint a picture yeah and that's the point I, I get why it's there in um but yep they they come in with a very obvious showing of the kind of lifestyle that he has and yeah. other other songs do that too which is why this is one the like the weaker of those because there's right. one that's coming up that is a much stronger uh song in my opinion for that right kind of message
0: all right, well, let's move on to the next one then, 1910.
1: Which I call September, because it sounds like September by Earth, that's Wind, and Fire sometimes.
0: That is what I wrote in my notes. The first thing I wrote was, man, this song sounds a lot like September. That's the first I, thing I thought of.
1: Yep, because every time I listen to it, I'm waiting for, do you remember? <laughs> and, and it doesn't come, and I'm like, oh, wait, that's right, Gambino, not Earth, Wind, Fire. Um, it's really called Beautiful.
0: Uh, okay that makes sense i just i couldn't listen to the song and not think of september which i'm sure he did on purpose there's no way you could do that by mistake
1: oh no it, it has to have that inspiration in there for it because it is so directly um inspired by that groove and that tone and sure it's not like it doesn't have the riffs from it or anything it doesn't Quote it or anything like that. But yeah, musically, you can tell it's in there and it's probably even the same key for all I know. But um, it
0: might be, it wouldn't surprise me because it was so similar. I hit play and I was like, wait, he ripped it off. It was my first (laughs) thought.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Like it sounds really good. It's just when there are other songs on here that I love even more, Mm -hmm. it comes off as the weak one. It's just, it feels wrong to call it weak just because this song and the last song are still better than most songs that you get. <laughs> if this was it, if it was just these two songs, I would still be like, Charles Gambino is awesome. I love his music. It just happens that it's, these two are on an album with the uh, the, the rest of the songs.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see that. It was a good... I don't know. I actually kind of like this one. Oh, yeah. Compared to some of the other ones, it had a really solid, really simple drum beat, which I liked, and the bass line was pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where he definitely starts being, well, okay, well, in in political or in in political in algorithm, he starts being political. But this, he picks it back up again. Mm-hmm. It's just a good, well thought out song, but this was I. I It's just so weird to me that he he did this over and over again. He stopped singing just before the four-minute mark. But Hmm. the song lasted, let's see, the song was like almost six minutes long. Mm -hmm. So he just has a lot of dead space in it. And that's the weird part to me because normally in an album, you don't want, I mean, you want dead space, but not a ton of dead space. Because it needs to be radio worthy and everything like that, but obviously, this is not very radioable. I just made. A yeah, board.
1: this one has a lot of room to breathe, and I feel like that's planned because of the uh, the following song, mm-hmm. and it wants to be able to slide into that because of the change of pace that this album gets. Um, it's about to take a little turn, and then it's about to take a huge drop off of a turn. So it's kind of needing to morph itself a little bit, which is one thing I really appreciate about this album, even though it's not a radio album or a singles album or anything like that. It takes you on a ride of the Mm -hmm. album. It wants you to follow. It wants you to pay attention. It wants you to feel the changes of pace, the the warping textures that it has. And this is one of those that it's moving the album to a different place. It's like a little transfer, especially right. towards the end as we get to the next track.
0: And it's very, very, very reminiscent in style, not in the actual like, musical style, but the way that he did the longer endings and transitions. It reminds me a lot of Marvin Gaye's album, What's Going On? Mm, that's that's That was the first continuous play album with no mm. stops in between the songs at all. It just went from beginning to end. And this album is meant to be like that.
1: I didn't realize it was the first one that did that.
0: Yeah. At least the first one that was successful with it. There might have been somebody before it, but I'm,
1: I'm like I'm 90% sure that it was, I sure guess it was, was a... like the first one in the spotlight that did it well.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty positive. I remember reading it was the first one to do it. If it wasn't the very first one, then I'm sorry to whoever did the first one.
1: But that well, was the first good one that wasn't like very good or anything. Who knows? <laughs> right.
0: Well, that would have been really hard to do, though, because they couldn't just stop recording and reset. They would have had to make no mistakes the whole album.
1: That's true.
0: Because that was when you did it in the wax, you know, on the on the vinyl.
1: Yeah, okay. That so, makes it more believable, then.
0: Yeah, see, I'm not crazy. <laughs> no,
1: I didn't think you're crazy. It's just, you know, <laughs> someone always did something really crappy that someone that actually knows what they're doing did right and got credit. <laughs> right. That's probably most of what Thomas Edison did in his lifetime. Uh, who knows? I don't know.
0: All right. Next song is 2419. Kind of reminds me of Monsters, Inc. Monster 2319. Inc.
1: <laughs> I didn't think of that because I didn't pay attention to those numbers. But once you said it, I saw that poor orange dude getting tackled by a bunch of yellow dudes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the sock getting blown up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a I like that this song starts out really thinly scored in the beginning. Oh yes, I really like thinly scored music, as you guys can tell from last week. I just, I really like it,
1: and it certainly builds on that. That's for sure. And oh, and this one's secret name is called "Sweet Thing" slash "Thank You." Yes, because it it basically is like two songs in one. It makes sense it's not weird that it's like it's two songs because it really does filter through but um i can't think of examples that really do this but this is one of those that the first half of it or some amount is one song and then it turns into something that could be considered completely different even if they fit together lyrically and stylistically it all goes together by the end yeah and it's really clever.
0: I just couldn't get over one lyric that he said.
1: I'm so, going to take a guess before you say. Okay. If you want to be happy, don't look at my phone. Yes. Okay. I
0: couldn't under I couldn't get over that because the whole t- it sounds like a love song in so many ways. Like it's mm-hmm. really sweet, and then he says that, and then goes on like as if he didn't say it. And I'm okay. like, so what apparently, in the world?
1: <laughs> I have the explanation for that because I agree that threw me off too. I was like, wait a minute. Is there, is there something even darker going on here? No, apparently the, uh, the reasoning behind that lyric, it's not, don't look at my phone because you'll find something there. You don't like it's don't look at my phone because, and it's using that as a, uh, a caricature of a lot of relationships now that, um, because of phones, you can break, trust that easily of just picking up their phone and checking what they've been up to Mm -hmm. so instead of keeping tabs on the other person easily because like 200 years ago you would have had to hire someone to keep tabs on somebody else (laughs) uh in today's day and age you just pick up their phone and you can see everything that they're doing as long as you know one of their passwords you can probably find everything that they're up to unless they're super sneaky and um So it's more so just saying that we have a relationship built on love and trust. You don't have to uh, break that trust in gotcha. two ways. Like, that you, you need to trust me and we need to love each other enough to know that we can trust each other and we don't have to look at our phones. So it's more so a comment on today's tech te- uh, technology and our relationships and things like that. I still think it's when you hear that, it totally throws you off. And I think it's supposed to, honestly, like now that I think about it a little bit more, I think it's supposed to be like, wait, what? And then he's like, haha, I got you. See, see, they yeah. taught you to think this way. You know what I meant when I say that, but it's not what I meant. <laughs> yeah. So I think the point is to catch you off guard so that you get that thought of, well, what do you have on your phone? So that he can be like, see, I told you. You wouldn't think that way if we didn't have these stupid things.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. Because from that whole point on, I'm like, "Is he cheating on her? Like, what? What's mm-hmm. going on with this?" But apparently, whoever he was singing this to really enjoyed it, based off the ending of the song.
1: <laughs> oh gosh, that long <laughs>
0: interlude there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that. Uh, I I do appreciate it musically. Uh, with where it's going because i get it. it like it it has that little uh poetry to it i suppose and um because i think this is the part of the album where it it told you what's going on in the world it told you that the uh people are in control and you're letting them do it and that we're running out of time it told right. you that stuff and now we're in the part where he's like and this is what you're missing out on You're missing out on having all the good times of, uh, doing, doing drugs and chilling with cool girls and, uh, you're blah, 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 all this stuff. And then in here, it's, it's showing you a, uh, you're missing out on a fulfilled relationship and a loving one and, uh, being so thankful for someone that you love so much. It like goes gospel choir levels of thank you. It sounds like a, uh, a black gospel church in the thank you part of the song on purpose. That's on the nose, I suppose, but it sounds great. Um, and then that little interlude sounds like, uh, they're having relations, I suppose. And, um, like apparently that, his
0: love song worked.
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, even though there is a song that kind of talks about that sort of a thing, there's that little moment of, um, the, the pleasure of being with somebody you love, I suppose. And then it's going to take it to a different side of mm-hmm. things worth, uh, being awake and being woke for, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Apparently I'm not woke enough cause I didn't get this next one. 32, 22. And Matt, I'm so disappointed. You talked just a little bit too long. I've got the timer up on our screen, on my screen. And we started this one at thirty two fifty, not thirty two twenty two. Oh wow! So close. I was hoping we were gonna be like right at thirty two twenty two, just for the sake of it.
1: Man, see, now that we're across the country, we don't have that that psychic jazz band <laughs> yeah. connection anymore. I can't just know what you're thinking.
0: I was like, man, I hope he finishes up. Uh, and then you didn't. I was like, oh, okay, whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I played over on the solo. Hey, at least it's still in the same minute. Anyway, this one is secretly called Warlords. Warlords, okay. As if you wouldn't get that. I adore this song. I love it so much. I love all the songs so much. But this one is the, the song that if ever I was going to get into a fight and I thought there's a chance I would lose. I would listen to this song before said fight to ensure that there's no way that I would lose. <laughs> because I would kick anybody's butt if I had just listened to this song. <laughs> it lights a fire under your butt. <laughs> That's what it does.
0: All right. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't really care for this one too much.
1: <laughs> Basically, what it is since, uh, if you didn't listen to this song, then you should, because it won't make much sense. This is dense in texture. It's, it has uh, tribal beats. It um, uh heavily uh, distorted vocals, a lot of effects. The lyrics, you cannot understand them when you're listening to it. If you learned them, if you memorize them, I'm sure that you could pick them out, but you cannot hear it. it it's uh, intelligible on purpose, I'd imagine. It is a group of people rising up to kick your butt. That's that's what it is. It's very African inspired, and um, it is on fire. Like if you listen to the song just for it being so upbeat and heavy in um, its energy, then you'll get out of it what you do. I can totally get. It's not a feel good groove. It's not meant to be. No. It's supposed to make you angry. Very angry. You want, like, if you listen to this and you feel chilled out, you might be psychotic because (laughs) you should feel like you just snorted a bunch of you-know-what, and now you are going to uh, mow over a town with a lawnmower or something. (laughs) Um, right. And what was that, up yeah.
0: with the chicken and cow sound effects at the end?
1: <laughs> um, that that's the transition into the next song for sure. <laughs> yeah, it it's just, rather that, or because I think it's 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 uniting the two. Because the next song, it makes sense why it would connect with that one. And this one, if we're going like it's uh, supposed to be in Africa, then um, you'd have animals. I suppose, I guess, I guess in so. you might think of, of animals, I guess. I think it's more so about the next one where it's going home. And so we get animals with that like you're going back to the farm, I guess.
0: I guess. So that's speaking- my
1: that's my best thing. I like the animals being in there. It's relaxing, It but made I think me laugh. it's supposed to bring you down. And I imagine that you hated the uh, weird golem baby sound effects. Um,
0: I don't even remember that
1: Oh, oh! you should listen to it again Because if there's anything you won't like about this song I imagine that's the thing you'll hate
0: huh. I don't know When When the chicken started making his little noises And the cow started mooing I, I laughed Oh yeah, it and always makes me laugh funny.
1: I listen to this on runs Now on its own One, because it hypes you up <laughs> It gets you going But also it, it makes you smile it's hard not to smile when listening to the song. It is overdone to a, a fault in your case I suppose, but oh, it just makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much adrenaline. It is ready to take over the world and you go Gambino. It it's fun. I like the beat a lot. The uh the the rapping in it if you can call it rap that's heavily affected with effects, sounds really cool. I like the the beats there, they're a bit unconventional for a rapper. So is what it is. Last time I loved bad kind of butterflies and you didn't, and this time it's it's warlords. We're on a different <laughs> level of musicality, but hey, there has to be one.
0: Yeah, just a little different. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I just didn't care that it just kept saying the same things over and over and over again.
1: I'm like it doesn't though. It, well, I looked at the lyrics and it actually is a. They do it change changes it. The do change the words and they sound similar? It's weird because I had no idea what he was saying, and then I looked at the words and I was like, oh.
0: Yeah, I had the lyrics up when I was listening to it too, and I was like, oh, I don't know. Anyway, let's move on to the it's next one, song. then. Yeah, exactly. I guess I imagine
1: that the, that this is played live and it gets you going as a crowd. I, I think uh, I would love to to see this live.
0: That is so funny because I actually wrote in my notes. I said, "Who would want to go to a live show and hear this?"
1: <laughs> oh, I would. Bring it. You'd bring a stadium down with this thing. I mean, come on. If a crowd of people don't get hyped with this, ah, uh, what are they doing?
0: You'd have like.
1: Apparently, I would be the one dancing in the middle, being the weirdo, and everyone would just be looking at me weird.
0: No, one, you'd be in the middle of, my of dancing.
1: Yeah, probably, (laughs) because I think this is a very moshy song. Yes. But I like it a whole lot more than a lot of mosh music.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I I would agree with that. So the next one was 3531. This
1: one might, might be my favorite. I've certainly listened to it the most because this is the one that I'll take out and just turn on at any given point that I just feel like listening to it. This is the one. It's definitely the catchiest, but uh, this one's called Little Foot, Big Foot, Get Out of the Way. No surprise there. Um,
0: yeah. I, I, I guess I'm just not woke enough for this album. I didn't get it.
1: Oh, this one is... This one is the most evil of all of the songs. In lyrics to Happy Sound. It, it It's so... It's so sad.
0: Yeah, I... <laughs> Guess I just didn't get it again.
1: I don't know. So, uh, here, uh, you go ahead and say something. I'm going to pull up the lyrics because I'll, so, I'll, I'll help you out a little bit as you say something. <laughs>
0: I, I couldn't tell if he was trying to... Because the, the rest of the album doesn't seem like this. I don't think this is what he was trying to do. But it felt like he was trying to like make excuses, ha- talking about how tough his life was because of his dad. But... It wouldn't make a lot of sense based off the rest of the album. so Ex- Yeah,
1: yep. So there's a little, there's a catch to it that um I don't think either of us would have known if I didn't look at Genius. Thank you, Genius. Um, the word yay means cocaine.
0: Oh, So okay.
1: little foot, big foot, get out of the way. I'm going to show ya how to move this yay. It sounds like yay to Uh, us who are Easterners, but over there in California, yay means coke. So he's saying he's talking about how as a kid he had to support his family by becoming a drug dealer because his father wasn't there.
0: Okay, that makes way more sense knowing that without knowing that I never would have got this song.
1: It's not about him hating his dad for not being there. Um, I, I don't. I forget the exact story about that. He doesn't hate his father, obviously, with the uh, other tracks in this album. But, um, yeah, it's about growing up in a hard life, seeing uh, people get killed along the way, um, police brutality, as is This Is America. It has all those messages of hard, it's a hard not life, blah, 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 a lot of fun slang that you know it or you don't. But that's the basic idea: is that he had to become a drug dealer as a kid because if he didn't, then his family wouldn't have had any money, and gotcha. he, so he supported his, uh, like his mother and his household as the man of the house, becoming a drug dealer as a kid. And the this is the happiest sounding song. Um, for some reason, Genius says that this is like a country song. Um. um... I don't, I don't that. understand why anyone would call it country. It's, it's country in the sense of country blues, um, from like the 1800s of uh, African American culture mm-hmm. and their country music of that time that, that is there, uh, like spirituals and things like that. That's in it. It's just country as a genre label is very misleading for this one. I would say more of, um, Mississippi. Delta bluesy is in there with the guitar riff um, that's meant to be in there. And then it warps into a uh, a more mature, modern style by the end of the song. And right. it layers on as time goes on, because it's very on the nose and that he's getting older and that he's maturing. So the music matures with him and it is very bouncy. And if you don't move a little when you listen to it, then you might have no soul.
0: Yeah, like, you
1: because you probably did it.
0: All of these songs made me move my head and tap my feet, you know, I just didn't understand the lyrics. So that makes way more sense. I can appreciate this song a lot more knowing that.
1: Honestly, once you know that yay means coke, apparently, I've never, I've never, ever heard that. So if you listeners knew that, and we sound real stupid, I'm sorry, but up here in Philly, I have never heard that
0: yeah I've so never heard
1: that, that was news to me when genius said that that's what that means I was like, all right cool i get it now yeah now i love this song 10 times more i'd already liked it because it was so happy <laughs>
0: <laughs> and again another like happy song for a sad subject matter
1: and it sounds like um like there's a there's a point in the song where like a crowd will start to go yay in the background um a little a little later on and it kind of sounds like he's what? in a like a bar and uh they're all raising their glasses and but really he asking together. for more coke well, yeah that or it's just like he's older so now he's he's a uh, hitting bars and stuff. it's a it's a growing up song gives you all the right. background of his life
0: the ending of this song so if i didn't look it up and see that it was lyrics played backwards, I never would have known what that sound effect was at the end. Really? And honestly, I wouldn't have cared. I didn't know that was words, I couldn't tell what that was.
1: It's just the next song. Yeah,
0: well, I know that now. <laughs> but when I heard it, I just thought, because I looked up the lyrics first, and when I searched up when I searched the lyrics, Google auto-filled in lyrics backwards. I was like, okay, so there's something weird that happens with lyrics backwards. Okay, I get it.
1: Oh gotcha. Okay. And well so I knew what it was because I'm just I've just heard this effect. So right. I knew exactly what it was, and then I heard the next song and I put two and two together on that. But
0: I mean I've heard that effect before too, but for some reason I just would not have put those together. But it actually is a really cool transition, super creative. It links oh, the two yes. very, very well. Which brings us to the next one. Thirty nine twenty eight. Why go to the party? Why go to the party at all? Oh, no, I sang it. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Copy strike. <laughs> this song is so sad.
1: It is brutal. Oh, my God,
0: And it's another song. It's a song. kick
1: in the you-know-what. Yeah.
0: You can't listen to any of this album at all. Just passively in the background, you have to actively listen to everything that happens, which is a compliment in a way and in a way not depending how you look at it. But this song, especially, like it is so unbelievably sad. Mm -hmm. But the harmonies sound amazing, and the dead space is really cool.
1: Yeah, it is masterful. Mm -hmm. This musically, this one might be the strongest from like a, a composing standpoint. This one is a deadly amount of genius. It's not fair. Like The first time that I listened to this, I kind of dreaded listening to it again because as a songwriter-composer, I was just like, oh, come on. Why? (laughs) Why go to the party? So Um,
0: this is the song that made me want to listen to the rest of this album. Because
1: up to this point,
0: after time, I wasn't really caring about the album very much. Then I got to this one. I'm like, okay, I want to hear the rest. It took me mm-hmm. a long ways to get there
1: but the the <laughs> piano that shows up in it that morphs into the synth mm-hmm. is oh my God the fade from in the piano it's not that the piano turns into the synth. it's the way that they fade the piano part into the synth at the end of the phrase it's in, it's incredible <laughs> the, the harmonic structure of it. The way the voices are layered and, uh, some of the harsher moments, it's good to sing along to. The lyrics just, they hate you and your emotions. They want you to cry for the rest of your life. Um, it, uh, which by the way, it's a song about grief. His father passed away, uh, in the recent years and it's, uh, it's about that. Oof. Really good song. Oof. I, I like that, um, he leaves the, the, uh, lyrics very, um, oh, what's the song that, or what's the word that I want? They, they aren't clear enough for you to interpret them directly in every little way. Like there's, it is heavily poetic and the why go to the party. Um, you could just say that it's like, you're not happy, you're grieving, you don't want to go out. And have fun because you hate everything right now. But also there's the alternative that why go to the party? The party might be the funeral. Mm. And that, that makes the song even worse. Once you think about that and you're listening to that, I, uh, this is the slowest and most down, uh, uh, down in tone and everything. And yet somehow. I have yet to skip this one on my runs. I just let it play and I'm still just as driven as the songs before it that are super happy and peppy and adrenaline driving and all this stuff. Just something about it. It's, it's a magical tune. And the, uh, the way those voices layered kind of sounds like a synth. I don't know if there's very true. little effects that are peppered in there or it's the way that it's, uh, it's mixed. I'm not sure.
0: I don't know, it could be the harmonic choices too, adding to that, because there's tension. It's not Mm -hmm. just like a triad, there's some tension in the
1: harmony. You know a song is good when you just get chills thinking about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was definitely a good song. So the next one is 4226, which is what, Feels Like Summer?
1: Mm -hmm. This is the one that had a... uh... A release and also a name outside of this album but for some reason it's given a timestamp in here I think this is the song that is coupled with the film that he worked on or directed or whatever that we talked about in the uh in the last episode I think this is in that uh that film I don't know I haven't watched it um I really like this one
0: it's a really good song. It's got that feel-good groove to it. I really like the, the kind of imagery in the beginning. He's talking about seven billion souls move around the sun, rolling faster, and not a chance to slow down. I really like that. I actually can kind of pull a parallel to my own life. I decided that if I don't have to take the highway to get someplace, I generally don't because I was driving too fast and always in a hurry and always stressed out. And decided to take the more scenic routes when i can and hmm. it has lowered my stress levels <laughs>
1: especially <laughs> yeah. with all
0: the snowbirds ah the snowbirds <laughs> yeah this
1: one it, it whisks you away to an island you in florida you can just feel the tropical of it so it's very appropriate for for your area but for me up here in The not-so-palmy trees, this one takes you away to an island, you're sipping a piña colada, and he's talking about how uh, that's about to all go away. Yeah, I think he's talking about
0: climate change.
1: Yeah, it's it's a global warming, all that green, save the planet sort of a song, and it's very effective Yeah, because of how it does take you away to that sort of mom vacation, I'm loving nature, oh, it's so beautiful, oh, it's about to blow up, and we're not doing anything about it.
0: Yeah, to me, I couldn't tell. I, I, f- I mean, I, it probably goes both ways. In a way, I felt like summer was referring to the time when people will take vacations and slow down or relax a little bit, but also referring to the time when it's really hot and things get bad with mm-hmm. like global warming. I think he was referring to both things there, but it's just a good song, good feel-good song with a message behind it.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is yet another one that if you're not listening to the words, it tricks you into loving it just as a song. And then if you actually pay attention, you'll you'll get what it's saying. I like that he does that with this album and in general, that he makes doggone good music that sounds fantastic. And you're going to jam to it without its message being shoved in your face. Yeah. Um, especially because these are heavily... Mm political statements Mm -hmm. and he's he's like tricking you with how wonderfully musical the album is to think about this stuff like if you listen to it as closely as we are like i have thought about this stuff a lot with how much i've listened to the album like i said this has been an enlightening isolation and that might sound silly but yeah if I could do something, I would want to. Why? Because this album makes me feel like you should.
0: <laughs> yeah, and turns you into a hippie. This is a- another um, Marvin Gaye copycat song. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't care because Marvin Gaye is amazing and this was awesome. He even brought the bongos over from the Marvin Gaye "What's Going On" album. Hmm. Like, it was awesome, but he make, put a modern twist on it with the synth. It was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I like that semi calypso um, groove that it's got going. It's just.
0: Yeah. I thought it was a good choice to make that song be the Motown song mm-hmm. because Motown, like that era, it just makes me think of the political songs. I thought that was pretty cool. So, speaking of Motown, brings me to the next song here. forty seven forty eight. This was also a nice Motown feel. Got the dirty bass sound with the tube amp. It was pretty got cool. Got a clavichord. Yeah, I like this one.
1: Uh, this one is another one that has a bit of a deadly message.
0: What is this <laughs> one called?
1: Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't slash about the tomorrow. violence. Yeah, so
0: this one's so sad and yet mm-hmm. feels happy again. Uh, but the part that really got to me is a sudden twist it took at the end when he had the conversation with his son.
1: That'll rip your heart out.
0: Yeah, and it reminds me of my all-time... Well, yeah, I think I can definitively say this. My all-time favorite bass player, Marcus Miller. He has a song called Nicky's Groove, which mm-hmm. he starts out the song by playing this heart-wrenching voicemail his daughter left him. When she was little, Mm -hmm. he was at the studio again, and she goes, Dad, are you at the studio again? Come home. And that changed his life when he got that voicemail. Hmm. And this this conversation kind of reminds me of that a little bit. I thought it was a nice touch to lighten the mood after such a dark song dark sounding thing before that talking about Mm -hmm. kids getting shot and abused and everything
1: yeah it's a very dark message i mean it's a very it's a similar it's a hopeful message message. to this is america oh yeah sure and in the end it all is wrapped up in that like this is the stuff is happening and it shouldn't be why because of course it shouldn't be stupid people um and it puts in all the, literally the violence into perspective of these things are happening to babies. It, it says, it's pointing out the babies. And then it, it wraps it up with the conversation with the child, his child. And it's a very cute sounding child. So if, if, if for some odd reason you are, you made it this far in this album and you would support babies getting shot. Then I would hope that hearing this kid talk would change your mind. Cause for one, you need, you, you needed your mind to be changed. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the conversation with the kid is, is adorable. But my favorite part about the conversation with the kid is it's not the end of the album. And so many artists, would have wrapped it up with mm-hmm. that conversation no. It would have uh cut off right there
0: it made a great segue to the final song fifty three forty nine which was a sweet hype song great way to end the album
1: this uh, yeah that that is exactly it. it's it takes all the messages you've heard everything that uh that there's this algorithm that we're running out of time that you can't miss out with uh, your opportunity to be with the ones you love, that there are children dying, that there are these, uh, the kids growing up having to support their own families because their, their parents aren't around and they have no, no, nowhere to go, but the, uh, worst options possible. And now it says, after our little baby has told you, do you love yourself? Now it says, now eat it. Eat all the messages. Get down there and swallow this message. You are going to love. You're going to love yourself. You're going to love others. You're going to love everything. Eat it. Um, yeah, this is the hypest song on the, um, on the album, even more so than, than Warlords only because it's just tying everything off with a pretty bow. Cause even, um, the first time that I listened to this album, uh, I, uh, I listened to it on a run. I know I've mentioned that a bunch of times, but that was the first time I listened to it. And I got back to, uh, my house and it was at the end of the conversation with his kid. And then because of, uh, my wife and I use the same Spotify account, we don't anymore because of this, um, right at the end of the song, the album stopped Because she was using Spotify. And I thought that was the end of the album. Until then. And I was just like, oh, that was so cute. Oh, that makes me so happy inside. And then when I looked at my phone after I'd uh, caught my breath and everything, I saw, there's one more track. Oh, click. And then, (gasps) oh, he takes you to church.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Funny that you said that because he makes the references to Kanye West and the cup runneth over and the uh Colin is comparing his beard to Jesus's beard. Mm-hmm. Kind of thought that was interesting. I couldn't tell if he was trying to make fun of Kanye West or saying that he's with him there. I, it was weird to me.
1: I would assume that it's throwing a bit of shade.
0: That's what I thought, too. That's the way it felt. like. I to would me. imagine.
1: But yeah, there's a there's a lot of humor. There's. Uh, this is another thick textured mm-hmm. song. There's a lot happening. There are themes that are presented, like, at the uh, end of the song. You have the choral riff, I suppose. Dom, 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 dom. That is set over um, the majority of the song through synth. And then it comes in being wrapped up in the end, being sung by the chorus, and it's like this anthem of how awesome childish gambino and his philosophies are that it uh it's that rise up it has a fire and brimstone of a charismatic church um coming to tell you that there is love for everyone under the sun which if i didn't mention that's the name of the song it's called under the sun i called it a funk refrain because it was too groovy to just be a like a hymnal refrain
0: yeah (laughs) i i I thought it felt more like a fight song oh yeah just you know straight up in your face the whole time never not backing down for anything i thought it was a good way to end the album
1: also he sings a little bit like james brown and it's fun but he does that on his past albums so that's nothing new True. that's just the way he sings very true he does those uh those funky screams And they work so well. I don't think he does that very much in this album in general. So, um, and the reason that I find that cool is just because now that I've listened to the others and especially the one with Redbone on it, he does it quite a bit of singing that way. And this album has him singing in many, many, many a way, lots of different effects. And then with this little wrap up, he goes to town with that style of singing because, I didn't know he could sing like this. Yeah, that was pretty uh, impressive. Not, not really; it hadn't registered. <laughs> it's just—it's so surprising. This man is so talented.
0: Yeah, it was—it's incredible. It is really good. So, Matt, your final thoughts, overall thoughts to wrap up the album. What would you say?
1: I would call it a neo R and B masterpiece. It um it's defining for a new kind of sound it has a uh, very thoughtful messages also very accepting messages i feel like it doesn't really matter what your own personal uh, opinions about these specific issues are it doesn't shove in your face anything that you shouldn't be able to accept it's offering you common sense uh, just emotions it's just a tapping tapping into you as a human and your own decency, and telling you, wait a minute, but that, that is in this album a lot, is the phrase, wait a minute, and um, that you have to know what's going on around you, and even if we can't actually change the world, or do anything the hippies wanted to do, you can, you can, quote unquote, be woke, you can at least pursue what ch- you want out of your life and what you need in your own life and in the way that you affect the people around you and the way that you raise your children and protect them and the things that you teach them and make sure that you don't end up being in a position where they have to go sell drugs on the street to make their uh their mom be able to pay their rent or whatever. Things like that. Um it is a powerful album. It makes you feel things. And I'm still not sick of listening to it. <laughs>
0: And the I can tell you praise. I haven't
1: touched Romance once since we did the episode.
0: Yeah, I haven't listened to that one either. This was a really good album overall. Very thoughtful. Um, there's a few things that I didn't like about it, but as a whole, I would say this album is definitely worth a listen to. But you have to listen to the whole album. You can't just pick and choose songs. So the only song that you can really just pull out of it by itself would be Algorithm and Time. Mm -hmm. maybe a summer feels like summer you could pull that one out but everything else needs to be listened to in the right order otherwise it doesn't make any sense
1: yeah it will be really odd those interludes will catch you off guard if it's alone it is a little under an hour in runtime Mm -hmm. um i wouldn't have even cared if it was longer just the way that he's he sets atmospheres and textures I love it so very, very much. It reminds me of, uh, Robert Glasper in, um, interesting. just the interesting sounds and the layers of, uh, this fusion of more complex styles with hip hop and pop. Um, of course, Robert Glasper isn't pop. He's far from it, but that, that neo R&B sound that brings in other things. In this case, we're getting some synth wave. We're getting, uh, bluesy country, according to Genius. Stupid. Um, and all these other influences and mixing them in a kettle and then dumping it over and seeing that, hey, those work out really well, don't they? And it's fascinating listening to some of the, the, uh, the moments on this album. Like, sure, there's not like instrumental solos or anything like that it's not that style of music. If there's going to be a solo quote unquote, it's probably going to be some rap lines telling you uh the message mm-hmm. in three words of slang or less, but yeah, I love it. Yeah. I'm so happy that we were able to talk about this one. Like romance was a ton of fun. It's just, I think that this album needs more exposure than it's gotten. And, the fact that it's not just as viral as This is America because of This is America's shock factor is a bit of a crime. And that's part of the point of the album. So I get it. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, guys, let us know what you want us to talk about next. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to have your music featured, hit us up uh, at justabasics.com. Hit the submissions tab and uh, get in contact. So,
1: Do we have a Patreon?
0: We do have the Patreon page set up. You can find that. Ju- um, it's patreon.com slash just the basics or just go to our website and you'll see the link there. Oh, and Matt, I know our Instagram handle now. <gasps> yeah, uh, about time, right? Ooh.
1: Yes. What is it? What is it? Tell the good people.
0: It is Basics Podcast. So at Basics Podcast, you can follow us there. We'll keep you updated and you can follow us on Twitter at the same handle at basics podcast.
1: If you want to follow me and all the productivity I've been attempting to do, I'm Matt C Shaw on Instagram. I uh, also have my YouTube called Bibbity Buff. I'm, I'm liking that more and more. The more I make pixelated music, the more it seems appropriate to have a weird name. <laughs> so Bibbity Buff it is. It's my gamer handle. Don't make fun of it or I'll punch you. Um, through the listen to that hype uh, warlord song and then come after you
0: yeah reach his hand through the computer screen and grab you
1: (laughs) homer simpson style
0: right all right guys well thank you so much for tuning in and listening with us all the way to the end we will see you guys in a week
1: see ya